You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey, everybody, it's another week of the Delay of Game podcast. We're back better than ever. Some of us are in denial, but it's okay. It's your host, Matt, and. <laughs> yeah, it's Wit. I'm laughing because I hear the pure desperation and utter denial in your tone. I love it. <laughs> hey. Drinking starts early nowadays, so I hey, listen, it's gaming like the Saturday before. It's dude, it's only a problem when the police get involved. <laughs> so you're fine. So far, Don't worry. Alcohol solved most of my problems, so I'm just going with it. Exactly. That's that should have been like, uh, I guess, part of the the rules. Whenever you turn thirty, like you know how when you're when you're growing up, 18, it's like, oh, I can buy cigarettes. 21, I can buy alcohol. 25, I can rent a car. My car insurance goes down. 30, alcohol dependency. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> like, that should have been in the guidelines somewhere. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, the dad on Rick and Morty where it's like I'm just doing alcohol and drugs and things just keep working. And I don't know. I just kept doing it and then... <laughs> If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is there you go. Wow, as far as I can tell. So my bad. I did not mean to tear us off of a tangent. My bad. We're it's back, been guys. Several weeks. It's gonna happen. I'm sorry. Everyone, I think, knows that by now. Who's listening? It's true. It's and true. I take full responsibility about last side. week. That's all me. Like we had a whole logistics issue going on. So I apologize, guys. Take it out on me on Twitter or however you're listening to this. But we're back, and that's all that matters. I was going to completely shove you in front of the bus if you didn't take ownership of that. So I appreciate I imagine, that. I imagine it's like a Omni-Man holding Invincible in front of the train. <laughs> <laughs> I was fully prepared to just take that onslaught, so it's fine. I was fully prepared to dish it, much like some of the teams in Week 15. You know what? Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it because we had some really tight games. Some so that weren't so tight that I think have we don't need to talk implications. We don't need to talk about we those games. Have to get into maybe not right this second, but I'll make sure they get brought up just so everyone knows. Like it's. I happen. suppose. I suppose if we have to, we'll worry about that when we get there. Those are but future problems. As much as I love that game that I'm hinting at, can we talk about the game? Or just the team that we've been a hundred percent right on that everyone There's so else many, Matt. is finally figuring out. Which one are you talking is about? Terrible. Goddamn right. Problem, and they should be concerned yes. come playoff times. One hundred percent. You and I have been saying this for an entire season. As soon as they lost all their pieces in the offseason, we're like, oof, they're gonna have a real problem being able to churn out the same type of defense. Not what only do you know? That, they lost their defensive coordinator. Thank you. They lost their defensive coordinator. He got replaced, and then that guy went someplace else, so they had to get another guy. And then they just switched him out to Matt Patricia. Like, Never. In, sorry. I was going to say, in an infinite world's theory, in zero of them is Matt Patricia a good coach. Okay? <laughs> it's never worked anywhere. Listen, okay, Matt, maybe Nick Sirianni and all of his glory and all of his you know, omnis- omnipotentness. He just knew something we didn't. I mean, based on the results, no, no, he did not. Based on the results so far, his offensive and defensive coordinator were the secret sauce of his success. One hundred percent. I, I really don't want to sound like a hater. I really don't. But this Jalen Hurts is the same Jalen Hurts from last year, except he isn't getting the bounces. This is the same version of him. Some of it, too. Some people brought up maybe it's also the coaching. He's not getting the same level of coaching to find out where the guys are going to be open, where he should be doing. I can see that. The coaching last year was just phenomenal. Well, I have to agree with you because you see what Gardner Minshew is doing with Shane Steichen right now out in Indy. He's got them as a potential playoff bound team. Yeah, that team should not be any good. There's no yeah. reason they should be as good as they're doing. And he's figured out how to get the offense moving with Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I, I just find it very interesting slash funny how national media is now making, or I guess brought up the talking point, has 
Jalen Hurts regressed. Has he no. regressed? And is their he, defense terrible? Yeah, like, no, he has not regressed. He has always been a one-read quarterback, but the threat of the run from last year was opening everything up, and you could still feed A.J. Brown. He was still doing a lot of that in the beginning of the season. They faced the Cowboys, and the Cowboys kind of set that blueprint. You take away the first read, he kind of fumbles the bag and forgets where he is. Yeah, it's the same guy. He's got a great arm. He can get it there when he knows where the read is. That's what we've been saying. These are the things we talk about. If you've been listening to us, you already knew what to expect. The only thing I was wrong about is that I said they weren't going to have four losses. So, you know yes. what? I'll take that dub, that L because they did too. That's like an L slash a W though. Oh, yeah. Because anytime they lose, we win. Definitely. It's amazing. So, so. Now, I was going to say real quick though, like the other parts of this is when you're talking about that defense, that defense is old. It is old and it is slow. And I, as much as we've, pra- we've praised Howie Roseman, they're about to come into a real problem because they have no young talent that they've been able to cultivate through the draft because they've been trading away everything. So I know Jalen Carter came in with a ton of hype. Who Jalen Carter has been good, been but good. he hasn't been worth the hype. I was about to say, he hasn't been that difference maker that they were kind of hoping for, like that next Fletcher Cox in the middle nightmare dude. Exactly. And then last year they got Jordan Davis, who was supposed to be another defensive tackle who was supposed to tear up everything and cause havoc. He's not getting it done. They've got Nicobe Dean, linebacker, who hasn't been able to stay on the field because he's been getting outplayed by fucking zach cunningham and then uh nicobe De- i'm sorry not nicobe dean but uh nolan smith the small framed uh tight end from georgia like they're just yeah. not getting the pr- yeah sorry dm my bad but they're just not getting the production from those young guys that you see these other teams who have stock in the draft right the eagles it seems like they're top heavy when it comes to the draft but they're not getting the depth and development guys it seems to be a problem. I know they were really hopeful that young D-line was going to take a step up and protect, I think, protect that bad secondary. And it just Oof. hasn't happened. I know, I mean, Jalen Carter only has five sacks and Jordan Davis has two and a half. That yeah. is not the D-line they were thinking. They were hoping like double digits from both of those dudes. Like, I think to them in a perfect world, it was going to be, you've got two stout defensive tackles in the middle of your defense. You've got Hassan Reddick on one edge and you've got Nolan Smith on the other edge. Like, I think that's what they envisioned and it just, it hasn't come to fruition on paper. It sounds good, but then it does. Now the team that delivered that sweet, sweet W was the Seahawks. They're fighting hard still. And then drew lock put in just enough. Like, I don't know if he had a great game, but that touchdown pass at the end was beautiful. He did just enough to get the so, win. So I'm going to say this. I think Drew Locke, he he showed why it's important to have a competent backup, right? Jets, we're talking to you because when Geno Smith went down and their playoff hopes were still there, Drew Locke came in and he came and delivered them a gutsy win against the former Super Bowl runner-ups. Like, this was a huge game, and he had huge throws at the end of that game. Like, so, this is why it matters. So on a team with a a defense that's playing really strong, or great defense, I don't know if Seahawks is necessarily great, but it's definitely a good defense. It's, it's a good, good defense. They have some key players out, so but sure. they're, they're, they're a good defense. So Jets have a better defense. Seahawks have a good yes. one. Both have weapons on offense. Yes. The only difference is a competent backup. Honestly, the Jets is a better team if they just had a decent backup. Hell, I might even say the Jets might be a better team with Drew Locke at quarterback. Oh, yeah. The Jets are actually a pretty good team if they just have a slightly competent backup. It's insane. You know what? I Before last season, we were all riding off the Seahawks, right? Like, we thought they were in full-blown rebuild. Pete Carroll has shown that he can lead this team no matter who is behind or who is under center. And that is a credit to him to keep that team motivated and, uh, and to lead them it's, properly. It's impressive. Like, Gino has had some regression this year, which is not unexpected, right? Like, right. he played so great last season for him. It's not surprising he came back. But they're still 7-7 seven seven, right in the thick of the playoff hunt. 
despite injuries yeah. that you just mentioned, like despite Geno Smith being hurt, and you know, obviously a 49ers team that is just playing crazy in their division, a resurgent Rams team that's playing well. So I've been impressed by I'm continually impressed by what he can do. Agreed, agreed. And now if we can just for a second pivot to the next game, but still stay on the importance of quality backup quarterback play. I want to talk about the nine and five Cleveland Browns who just beat the uh, the Chicago Bears 20 to 17 and a ugly, gross overtime game. Joe Flacco turning back the wheels of time. <laughs> it just I'm laughing because what team did Joe Flacco play on last season? The Jets. The Jets. And he, <laughs> wait, did he do OK with them? Yes, yeah. he did. So they could have just kept the dude around. Oh my god, this is so good. Everything always comes back to the Jets. It does, because it's fun to shit on them. I said, I think, well, what? Whenever Deshaun Watson went down, I mm-hmm. was a fan because the Browns were a better team with basically anyone else at quarterback. They have That's proven true. me correct week in, week out. I would have to agree. I was ready to write them off when Deshaun Watson wasn't playing well, then got hurt. I was like, oh, looks like this is going to be like a two-team race in that NFC, in that AFC uh, North. Wrong. Their okay. defense is phenomenal. Can a case be made for Kevin Stefanski to be coach of the year? There's actually quite a few very strong candidates this year. I, I agree. Like a bunch of names. I'm like, this dude is coaching really well. And he's got to be up there. Like, you have to talk about him considering what the quarterback situation's been and just how tough this team is continually playing. Agreed. Agreed. And now, I don't want to derail us from the actual game itself, but I don't know how much of the game you saw. But I was able to kind of catch it in the multi-view, so I had a couple of other games going on, so that one was still playing. And for, I want to say, 50 minutes of that game, Flacco was a liability. He threw like three picks. One of them was a pick six. He just got lucky and he was playing a worse quarterback in Justin Fields. <laughs> and just a worse team, right? The Bears are, they've been a little bit better, I feel like, as a team overall with Justin Fields back, but they're still not uh, a good team. They're just yeah. not that great. Which I, I think that has to be on the rounds, but. I was going to say, I think that has to be telling that when your starting quarterback goes down and comes back, the production is exactly the same as if he was gone. Like yeah. that has to be some sort of indictment on him. And of course the, uh, the outside noise is, is getting louder that they're going to make a move from him. Right. But this game should have been the bears. Like the Bears should have won this game. Like there was this one pass that I think it was the, the tying score that uh, Joe Flacco threw. He kind of rolled out and he did like this, gorgeous sidearm and he threaded it between two defenders to Amari Cooper motherfucker <laughs> for like 50 yards touchdown like it was gorgeous and you're watching there like how's this dude 38 holy shit like it was a it was a fun gritty game to watch it's one that looked like the Bears had like going into they did fourth. they were complete they control, did but the Browns are a tough team that doesn't quit and they're exactly for a reason. They've been a tough team week in, week out. You know, and the, I think the one thing that I will say about Joe Flacco and Joe Flacco and most veteran quarterbacks, one thing they know how to do is they know how to get their tight end involved. David Njoku has been going off since uh, since Flacco showed up. And Njoku is a big, strong, fast tight end slash receiver that no one's been able to really get that type of production out of. But Flacco's been feeding him, and he has been just lighting it up. You make a great point. I feel like a lot of veteran receivers know how to just take the freebie. Like, take that check down. Uh, that veteran team. quarterbacks, like yeah. If they're playing a soft zone, they're going to play deep because a lot of teams want to go over the top, especially if you're down. Mm-hmm. Just be productive and move the ball. Exactly. That's what so many young quarterbacks struggle with is going off that first read, looking down, and just finding the open guy. There's always some open guy. Uh, always. You know what? I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna circle back to that point later. But for this game right here, I think if I'm a Bears fan, I'm ready to move on from Matt Eberflus. You gotta be like, right. Y- you have to be. Like I think Ryan Poles has done a lot to try to put P. 
pieces together, but there is something fundamentally wrong with the culture and the leadership of that team. And it has to start with Eberflus. I would want to yeah start over with him, especially if you're thinking I'm getting a new quarterback. What has yeah. he done to show that he can develop a quarterback? Nothing. Exactly. Exactly. Considering like, it took what a good long time before they started to at least get any idea of how to use Justin Fields. Yes. I, it, that was a big indictment to me. God. Like you saw exactly who he was those first couple of games what, two years ago, a year ago, like you saw that he can make plays with his legs, which could allow the field to open up around him, but you still wanted to force him into being this pocket passer. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And that's a malpractice that you've committed against this entire franchise. So because of that, there's a good chance that they're not making the playoffs and the hype trend for them going into the season was fucking crazy. And we warned everybody. Just yes. get him a pass on the back. Take a couple laps for the things that we got completely right. We told yep. everyone, do not worry about the Bears this year. They weren't They weren't ready. Like, I don't care what anybody was saying. Yes, DJ Moore was a great pickup, but that team was not ready to make the leap. They still just, they have a lot of needs. Now, they have a lot of ammo for next season when we'll get into the offseason. Mm-hmm. But they need some changes for sure. Okay. And now I have another game I wanted to bring up, but I didn't know if you had one in particular. I don't we were on no, no, we can wait. Do not. If you we don't can wait. do that one yet, we, we can have wait to talk about it. So I'll let you talk about yours. Okay. We, we will let that simmer for a minute. Okay. I wanted to talk about the ugliest, not even worst game of the season, but has to be the second worst. And that's going to be the Panthers versus the Falcons. The Panthers found a way to win a game that they had no business winning whatsoever. I don't know how the Falcons let that one slip away when they're in the hunt for the NFC South. Thank you. Thank you. You lose nine to seven. Dude, they were selling Panthers tickets for like a dollar. No one came to that game because no one expected them to be competitive in any way, shape, or form. But here comes Arthur Smith holding my beer. <laughs> and he yeah. just, I, I don't get it. Is it, he, huh. is it time for him to be done? Desmond Ritter I has to done. be. And Arthur Smith needs to be done. Has that to team, be. The, like the Falcons aren't a bad team talent-wise. They're just not coached well. They have a bad offensive game plan week in and week out. And you know how you know what says that you have no idea what you're doing when you draft one taking a running back in the top 10, but then using him in the way where he has a stat line of seven carries for 11 yards. (laughs) But the guy he replaced, who was a thousand yard receiver last year, I'm sorry, a thousand yard rusher had 14 carries for 45 yards. This is why I hated it. This is why I was pissed off. Come our draft recap. Because I liked Algier. He was doing good. And he was a fourth round fourth round find. A gem. A steal. Oh my god. Like, Fuck it. Let's back him up with a first round pick. B. John Robinson is a dude. Like, don't get me wrong. When he gets 20 touches a game, he makes he shows off why he got drafted early. I don't understand. Like, you know, Desmond Ritter isn't any good. Why would you have him throw the ball 20 times? No, you need to flip that. He needs to have seven attempts and Bijan Robinson has 20 rushing attempts. They need to be the Lions when they were doing like 20 rushes with their first and second back. Yes. They were like 40, 50 times a game last season. Sometimes like that's what they should be doing. Also, I'm just going to bring this up too, because this is also a great stat line. Johnu mm-hmm. Smith, the backup <laughs> tight end. Has more <laughs> catches, well, more yards than Kyle Pitts. Oh my God! I mean, Kyle Pitts. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Drake London, their high re- draft pick receiver, only had 24 yards. Like it's mind-boggling how little they use the weapons they have on that team. Correct me if I'm wrong. Kyle Pitts is he a matchup nightmare? He is a freaking unicorn, man. God. Oh, was he a top five pick? <laughs> top four, baby. Oh my God! Okay, I I, I said Matt Eberflus was malpractice to an organization. I was wrong. It's out. It's Arthur Smith, hands down. No other contest. Arthur Smith is a nightmare for Falcons fans. 
Oh my God. The fact that you have allowed this man to have three top 10 draft picks and completely waste them. He has to be gone. And whoever signed off on this too, like somebody else in that organization had to be approving this, right? Because I don't know if he's actually the guy being like, let's do yes. the pick. Is there a GM there that needs to be fired? If there isn't, there needs to be. I feel like it was the former Washington guy who everyone was like, oh, he's a great uh, draft. Oh, Josh Schneider? I don't remember his name right the second. We'll figure it out later. But like that guy, like it's kind of bad. But also the yeah. owner, like you've seen this happening and you're like, I'm just going to keep letting this go on. <laughs> this is how it changes right here. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. it. Like. There was another team on that field, and that's the Panthers, and kudos to them for getting their second win or third win of the season. Yes, but as, this had nothing to do with them as at a all. Commanders fan, keep getting those wins. <laughs> Feel free to fight for them. Move our draft stock up. That'd be great. I just, I can't. I, I don't understand it. I There needs to be an absolute just slaughtering of head coaches on Black Monday. It's gonna be it's gonna be brutal this year. It better be. It fucking better be. If a lot of these coaches hang around, these owners don't know what they're doing or just don't care. Okay, Matt. We can do it now if you want. We could talk about it. I'm gonna make you wait one second. I just wanna quickly throw out I, the game I thought you were about to bring up. Oh okay. Rogers Raiders. Sixty three twenty one, the game that got the coach and GM fired. I was going to bring that up after this. Like, I was going to go, like, I'm, use that as our headlines, man, but. I'm saving that sweet, sweet game. You're a dick. <laughs> You're <laughs> you an don't need absolute to talk about this one ton. Obviously, the Raiders just destroyed the Chargers. This game was an anomaly. It was an absolute anomaly. They went from a team that couldn't score any points the week before to putting up, what, 63 points? With, was it Aiden O'Connell? That's Apparently absurd. Future Hall of Famer. Absolutely <laughs> absurd. Okay. That Jack Jones pick though, where he uh it was like a wide receiver screen and he read it and just came flying through I the gap. Those plays. God damn, dude, that was such a good like such a good play. And that pick, like he had to reach back, one hand moss that bitch, and then still had the wherewithal to get into the end zone. Oh, those are it was so lot. good. That it was so was good. Ridiculous. It's one of those ones where you're like you're playing man and just everything you call is just like, oh, that's a touchdown. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I don't. I haven't talked to our research team, Matt, but I don't know if there's ever been a season where two teams have scored sixty plus points in a game. I can't imagine that there is. This seems re- insane that there's two yeah. teams to get sixty. Two teams you that know, were that close to breaking the all-time record for points. You know what was so funny to me is Mark Davis's uh, res- like reaction. To them continuing to score. He was as shocked as we were. As a Raiders owner or fan, he's just never seen them score that many points. A hundred percent. He's probably like, hey, is, are they going to rage quit? Like, <laughs> Are we, we going to keep going? Are we allowed to keep doing this? Yeah, like David Carr never scored this many points. What's going on here? Exactly. <laughs> like, I love that he was completely shocked. Like, he had his hands over his eyes like, oh, my God, can you believe this? Uh, it was great but i just we said we saw the writing on the wall with brandon saley going oh yeah a while ago like i thought oh yeah i think it was just you could tell this team had given up on him at this oh, point absolutely like i think most people saw this coming unfortunately i was a huge fan of him when he first got there but he had shown over the course of the decisions he'd made over the past three years in game decision and management. He just didn't have a feel for it. Didn't have a handle for it. Didn't know how to coach the side of the ball that he was supposed to be known for. Like I feel bad for that organization because you've got an elite quarterback in Justin Herbert and you've got an aging wide receiver and Keenan Allen, who's taking up like 30 million of your cap. Yeah. It's good when healthy, like, but agent. And then you also have, uh, Eckler, who's great running back, great receiver. You have some yeah. good players there, but you've, you, you've they do the last three years. They do, but then on the other, on the I guess the administrative side of it, they have huge contracts between Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Mike Williams. Ooh. Like they have no cap. They have none. 
And then they had all the bad free agency uh, acquisitions. Like Khalil Mack was, I want to say he was three for 50. And then they had JC Jackson that they had to release because he sucked in their system. Like they're fucked. I think, I think they're going to have some tough times ahead. Now, having oh, a yeah. quarterback helps a lot. But Agreed. he's also about to get paid. He's been paid, but his cap. Oh, he's been paid. Really his, be oh, yeah. So. so here's what here's what I would do. I go out and I get me an offensive minded head coach. Definitely. Offensive coordinator. Someone who is going to allow us to score points because our defense isn't at the point where it's going to stop other teams. I believe okay, that so, man is on the on this team already. Kellen Moore. Let's promote him. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even do it this time. I loved it. Anyone else? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> As a Cowboys fan, I knew what was coming. Like I understood what was coming for them. And that's not to say that Kellamore isn't a good offensive coordinator. He just he does goofy shit at the wrong time, and it's incredibly infuriating. He still needs some like maturing as a play caller, for sure. He was a quarterback coach for one season and then became an offensive coordinator like he doesn't have the chops or the feel for the game from that aspect and it's showing Mm -hmm. definitely now what's his name antonio pierce is that the raiders head? Uh, yeah the interim head coach yeah is he doing enough to warrant an actual head coaching job so we rarely uh, see the interim head coach actually take over here's the thing we say that but we just saw that with the same exact organization with Rich Basaccia when uh, when John Gruden got fired, right? What was it? Yeah, Rich yeah. Biscotti, I think is it. Yeah. He took over that team, had them at the very end to get into the playoffs. And if I remember right, they got into the playoffs with him because they had to beat the Chargers and the Chargers fucked up in some way and they got into the playoffs. So... I don't know. I don't know if he's done enough to keep the job because offensively that team doesn't have a quarterback. Aiden O'Connell, if you believe in him, maybe. I just I, I, I haven't seen it yet. So I, I don't know. Are you ready to roll the dice with him and give him a full season? Maybe. The, the players seem to really like him and they play hard for him. So a huge part of being a head coach. I don't know. It would be interesting to see one of these interim head coaches who actually take over and then elevate a team so much. See them actually get another chance. Exactly. Like, I I can see where you make the argument for Antonio Pierce this year. I, I can. So, we'll see. I don't know. I don't think they're going to. That doesn't seem to be what they're going to do. And again, there's no real history of that. My bad. Sorry. No, I was uh, trying to do whatever he can to prevent. What's <laughs> I'm driving through a tunnel. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's time. For America's game of the week. At least it was mine. You sure we don't want are you sure you don't want to get into like other headlines, maybe the games we're looking <laughs> forward to? Like we really don't have to, Matt. I think everybody, all of the many fans are wanting us to talk about Buffalo versus Dallas. <sighs> Buffalo what, what do you wanna, I think just really showed the blueprint for how to decimate this Cowboys team. Which is just okay. don't throw the ball. All right. Where do I <laughs> Okay, I think I've, I formulated my thoughts. We usually like to throw it to the, the fan, the team fan, to say, what is the problem? Like, what happened? Are you concerned? All that good stuff. Run. Okay, so am I concerned? Oddly enough, no. Because our best run defender was out. He'll be out this week, which is unfortunate because we're going against the Dolphins. But he should be back for the Detroit Lions and our playoff push. So... I am not concerned on that front. I am concerned that you used a first-round pick on an interior defensive lineman who hasn't had the impact that a first-round defensive lineman would like you would like to see. But there's one thing I've learned from this Cowboys front office. Give them time. I'm going to give him time. That's fine. Watching that game... They were bouncing everything to the edges, right? So there was very few inside runs that popped big. A lot of it was like those counters or they were going like to the run into the outside. To me, that speaks more to back more to our lineback play. Our linebackers were not getting off their blocks. 
They were taking bad angles. They were missing tackles. That concerns me because that can't be fixed at this point in the season. So I think the Cowboys are the same team that they've been all season. I think they're still a very good team. They just have to play close. Either they play with the lead or they play close. Because once you allow the other team to work the clock, I think you have a problem. Also, it's been 30 fucking quarters since Michael Par- Micah Parsons got a holding call. Like, I don't understand. I don't. I hate refs that don't want to call it when it's like constant. So they're like, oh, we don't want to call it. And usually you're seeing like the clothesline and he's like getting his neck pulled back. You're like, how is that not a hold? Thank you. It's- and then I've got Shakespeare in the park, fucking Josh Allen acting in the backfield. And he's getting his roughing the call passer call after he's flop McFlopperson over here. So I'm let me pull it back. Let me pull it back. I thought I was past it. I thought the rage had already left me. I'm, I might've been wrong, but overall, this was a stinker. It sucks, but we're still in the playoffs. Honestly, I'd prefer us to keep the five seed. I don't care about the division. I've had division titles. I don't give a shit about those. Okay. Let me go into the playoffs going up against the NFC South leader. There you go. And then get to the second round because I can assure you, whether it be the, who's the other team? The, uh, Rams, I think, would be playing the number two seed, which would be that uh, NFC East leader. I think the Rams probably beat the Eagles. Rams are getting real hot lately. Yeah, I think the Rams beat the Eagles in the first round. Cowboys then get past the NFC South. They get to the divisional round. There's a chance they may not meet up with the the 49ers until the NFC Championship game. That is my, my hope. But... As we all know, God hates me. <laughs> so who knows? I think that was a great summary. As much as I want to shit all over the Cowboys, as one does enjoy doing, <laughs> I have to throw it to the Bills. I think a lot of this is the Bills finally, after what, almost like two seasons, finally figure mm-hmm. out how to get James Cook going. Okay. They have been using that man yes. very well lately. Yes, Matt. And then on top of all of that, you notice that uh, Josh Allen only threw the ball what? I want to say he threw like fourteen times. times. He did not have a very good game. Like they didn't they, ask almost anything of him. Exactly. They didn't ask him to play Superman ball. No. They didn't ask him to play Hero ball, and they got a win. They put it all on James Cook, and he delivered. I think it's just as much about them finding this almost identity right now. Absolutely. They up. just came off a huge win against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, they've been playing much better now that they've really committed to this idea that they're going to run the ball with James Cook and really get him going. Which is, re- not only is that great for that team, but that's great at this time of the year. The right? thing that have happened. Exactly, where you can grind it out on these teams. The big thing that I think, unfortunately you shouldn't worry about is I don't know how many NFC teams can duplicate that. Exactly. The Lions maybe, but their defense is not nearly as good. Exactly. I think you can get a lead on the Lions and then they're not going to run the ball as much and if they have to throw with golf a ton, you're probably going to get a pick or two. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like I, I wasn't overly concerned moving forward because I know the NFC outside of Maybe the uh, maybe the 49ers, they're that's, about the only team that can duplicate that. I was going to say, that's the weak spot right there, right? 49ers see yeah. that, and they're like, fuck, we're going to hand the ball 30 times. We're going to at least get, like, say, 30 touches to McCaffrey. They might do a lot of screens out there, but it'll be like an extended handoff, right? It'll exactly. They'll do a lot on the edges with Debo, with Ayuk, like everybody, and just let them go and see what your linebackers can do. That could be a real problem, but that's only one and, team out of all of them, and that's probably exactly. what? Basically, the NFC Championship game is when you would meet yeah. up. So that's that is my hope. I think it's you know with the Cowboys and the playoffs, there's only really four teams that scare me in the NFC. Cowboys are one yeah. of them, unfortunately. So, like you say, there's four teams. Like really, of the four Maybe teams, three. which one actually scares? Like, Fine. what one are the ones that actually really scare you? Scares me is the the Forty Nineers the way they've been playing. Ex- like exactly. Goddamn they. I had a little concern, and then all of a sudden they're like, nope, 
We're making this playoff run. We're going to be the hottest team in the NFL. We're just going to be smashing everyone in the mouth. <sighs> okay. Okay. And I know this makes me sound like a fucking hater, but I still don't trust Brock Purdy. Like, I don't know if you saw any of that game, but Kittle was wide open. McCaffrey, wide open. Like, there was just defensive breakdowns everywhere. Like, I could have been making some of these passes. I, that's not to take anything away from Purdy. Does Jalen Hurts make those passes? Because I think Purdy is great at finding the open guys. Great at finding. Yes. Going through his progressions and his reads. Yes. That's what makes him so different than most young quarterbacks. Absolutely. Like, I. Probably <sighs> speaks to coaching more than anything because Kyle Shanahan is obviously a QB whisperer. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm not. I don't want to poo poo on him. Like, I don't want to shit all over this guy, but I just. I don't see him as the elite gamer yet. That's not to say he isn't evolving into that in front of us. Sure. I think he's been put on a team that is fully fucking loaded. Oh, it's a great team. I can say I feel like that one game basically ruined the Cowboys' number one seed hopes. Oh, and yeah. And it really hurt Dak's MVP chances. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, so. I think if he would have won that game... It would have been loud. Oof, that would have been. It would have been loud, but real loud. especially if unfortunately, had a good game. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so it's great. I did want to throw this out real quick to all the commanders yeah. fans out there. You might want to ride with me. Put a couple bucks. <laughs> Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. Let's get our bad juju spread to the Cowboys. I don't understand why you can't see me happy. Like, what is the problem? Hey, if you get happy, then at least I also win some money. So you're trying to tether your financial stability to my own happiness. <laughs> you're ready to go bankrupt. I am. So I can right. be unhappy. I put a second mortgage on the house to do this. So <laughs> I, from what I hear, that's never an issue. Oh, my it's God. A sure. Bet from what I've heard from Cowboys fans. Oh, I fucking hate you, Super Matt. Bowl this year, apparently. So <sighs> be a financial windfall for me if they win. And if they lose. Well, then it's just another year. I don't have to hear about you guys. I hate you. <laughs> so I hate you so if much. Anybody else wants to ride along? A few <laughs> bucks. Hey, we have a ton of negative bad or tons of bad luck. Let's spread that around. You don't have to give me any, Matt. Okay, I've been a Cowboys fan. We have bad luck every fucking season. It seems every I don't need any extra. Every let's start making the. Let's start infecting the regular season too. I hate you. God, I hate down. you. Oh, I hate you so much. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. Anyway, like so we've had some headlines this past week that we can get into. Since it's getting to be playoff season, there's so much stuff happening. And yeah. Exactly. And it's the end of like for the teams that are losing, it's the end of the getting towards the end of the regular season. Shit is going down. It's true. But it's about to get real for some of these teams. Okay. So I have to ask you, Matt. Now, we were talking about it earlier. The Cardinals are looking to be, uh, I'm not sorry, the Cardinals, but the Colts are looking to be a playoff team. But the team that they had, they beat the Steelers. What are we doing there? Like, it seems like Mike Tomlin has lost control of that locker room. And it is getting bad. Like, he's still seven and seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Still hasn't had the losing record yet. But it, it looks appears. Like it might happen, though. It appears to be on the horizon. I mean, at some point, you have to imagine everybody loses their team as a head coach. It's been insane how long he's been able to be there. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's amazing how one bad decision or one wrong pick. Yes. (laughs) One wrong pick can completely derail everything. Kenny Pickett has been, I can't even use the word mediocre because he's been worse than that. Yeah, I think at the beginning right. of the season, I said I thought like I could tell like he wasn't going to be great, but I wasn't sure like he wasn't going to be like yeah, I don't think he's that good. No, he's not good at all. Not at all. The fact that you had to turn to Mitch Trubisky to try to save your season, he is also awful. I guess they forgot that. Now they're turning to Mason Rudolph, who is also terrible. So, I, I think this might be the year, Matt. I think Mike Tomlin has his first losing season. It's still not a terrible season, which is insane, but it's because he's so good at like coaching the rest of the team. But I do think it's starting to wear down. But you look at like the body language of like George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, like 
Pickens has had a number of plays the past couple of weeks where he's just completely checked out of it, where he just didn't make a play on a fumble that got picked up didn't as a turnover. Somebody, I believe. Yeah, didn't that was this hurt. past game. Yeah. He just didn't block. So, like, like that was a touchdown. Pickens that was a touchdown. Had he had he blocked? Is very much not a Mike Tomlin Steelers normal sort of a guy. Like George Pickens feels like they missed on him as well. They've yes, been finding like hardworking receivers who develop into a dude like George Pickens feels like he could have a ton of potential, but we haven't seen it. Now I know quarterback's play has been bad, but still last season, then they have Pickett and Deontay Johnson still had a good year. Yeah. You know, I, I'm j- I just pulled up the, uh, the, the Steelers remaining schedule. They've got the Bengals, the Seahawks and the Ravens to close out the season. Mm. I don't think they win another game. That is not good for them because the Bengals are yet to get another pretty good backup, keeping that team alive. It's true. It's true, Jake Browning. I, we didn't even talk about that game. We, this was, week fifteen was phenomenal. Yeah, for the NFL, like it was great, except for as usual refereeing. But well, that's yeah. another thing. That's a whole other thing. But you're right. I don't see a W there. Not with the way I- that. Steelers team is built like to win close against kind of bad teams typically. Yeah. You know, that's that's unfortunate. That's insane. So there's definitely a ton of rumors about him getting fired. Does that happen finally? Because he's been, what, 16, 17 years there? There's no way. If a guy's been on the job for 16, 17 years and give you nothing but steady production has one bad year, there is no way. It's not the way the Steelers ownership handles their business at all. No, much more. Let the just give him more time. So I don't see it happening. But I personally don't. I think there are plenty of other coaches who are much more deserving of a kick in the ass out the door than Mike Tomlin. So that's just me. Now, Kenny Pickett needs to be fired. That motherfucker's got to be gone. Now, Matt, I do want to stay in the Steelers for another headline. Demonte Casey, the safety, has been suspended indefinitely for the rest of the season because of his. Vicious hit on Matt on uh, Mike. What's his name? Michael Pittman Jr., the receiver. I saw the hit live, like real time, like everybody else. It looked, oh my God. I was surprised that Michael Pittman was able to get up. Like it looked bad. But do you think that it was worth, uh, I guess, remaining season suspension? I I did not see that one, actually. I heard about it. I'm going to try to see if I can pull it up. Okay, so like, I agree that it was letter of the law. It was a bad hit. It was one hundred percent an ejection, personal foul, defensive like completely. But in the in the speed of football, like I don't know how you get rid of things like that from happening. You you do your best to not have it happen, but ugh. I hate these sort of hits. Because it's what's been going on more and more recently because we're protecting defenseless receivers where the quarterback is laying out the receiver. So are you, did you just look at the, I'm the clip? I'm watching it right now. That okay. is not. That's, I get you what you said. Like, it's a letter of the law penalty. I don't even see that as an ejection. Yeah. Like, I'm a like they threw him out the game. Fan. I've seen way worse hits. Thank you. Day after day. Th- I get that Michael Pittman's been playing well. So, like, oh, we want to protect him. And I want to protect people. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. We also have to stop making these throws. Let's start blaming the quarterback. Let's start blaming offensive coordinator. I believe I've said that before. I'm going to keep saying it. Stop putting your receivers out there in harm's way. Tom Brady just came out this week and said the exact same thing. I 100% love what he said. I completely agree. Yeah. like it. The onus part of the responsibility is the guy throwing him the ball. Don't throw him into a kill shot. That like, used to be a thing where you didn't take those middle seat, uh, like seams where this big safety was just lurking there to hit your guy. Now exactly. Like, oh, well, we'll get the flag. Fuck. Protect your players. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I again, I, I understand the, the rules. And by the rules, the hit was illegal. But the punishment, punishment does not fit. Wildly excessive. Who I think it was the Broncos safety. Who had a couple pretty big hits early on, 
mm-hmm. and then he didn't get suspended. Like he eventually, I think, got a short suspension. But I feel like this is them overreacting because they didn't come down harder earlier on somebody else. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. So I mean, I I, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, especially like a head injury that can linger for a long time, can ruin your career. But there's got to be more than just these guys can't hit somebody because that was just the receiver going down. And then he's like, I'm going to try to go to the ball, too. He's allowed to try to get to the ball. He's mm-hmm. also allowed to try to dislodge you from the ball when you catch yes. it. Like there, he can also try to make a football play. He's 100 percent allowed to and supposed to. He's going to get his ass is going to get fired if he doesn't. I don't I, get it. Now, I, I don't know if I brought this up on here. We're talking about big hits. I was watching the Netflix special Swamp Kings on the Florida uh, Urban Meyer years. I watched that last week. Pretty phenomenal, right? It was interesting as shit. Those dudes laid out on people, that defense. Oh, my God. It made me miss like that that style of football. I was like, they put a body on somebody like time after time. That's true. Like that. That's what the SEC was known for. Defense and running the ball. Right. And you did not this, throw it, those like 20 yards over the middle and just like loft it up there for your guy to be dead. No, because that's what so, was about to happen. This is a NFL podcast, but the Swamp Kings documentary, I found it to be very interesting, very cherry picked, but I'm very sure. interesting nonetheless. But it's crazy what they I mean, what they went through. But like that hitting, I remember that just like in the NFL was that way in the early 2000s. The big safeties, right? The, the, big war, safeties the Roy Williams, the safety, ta- the Sean Taylors, like they just those guys who blew you up. If you threw that, like if you threw it around them and you put it up there, your guy went up to go catch it. They're gonna lay you out. Exactly. Hell, that. what? Who was the Redskins' uh, safety? Not Sean Taylor. The other one that they drafted, who was a huge hitter. Uh, uh, I know who uh, you're talking Landry. about. Yeah, Levon, Land- Leron Landry. Yeah, Levon Landry. Yeah, Landry. Also, yeah, he could put a. a a what is it put lay the wood right like he could yes like put a a hit on it too man that was Uh, that was what the nfl was it was about big hits dislodging the ball things like that like now it is becoming hard to play the game it's hard to play defense because they want more scoring which i get scoring is entertaining yeah but i do i understand it there's a line somewhere they haven't found it yet i don't know if they really care to find it doesn't mean I have to like it. No, I, we're old. We're going to be grumpy, but there you go. I agree. Now, though, but oh, no suspension. I don't know. I like, I'm going to throw it out to you. So I saw this other headline and I want to get your opinion as a fan and as also just like a football analyst. Cause we analyze the game, I right? The correct term is guru, 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 guru. There we okay. go. Nick Sirianni comes out in his press conference and says the interception that Jalen Hurts threw, they were playing for the DPI. What is your philosophy on that? How do you feel about that as a fan and as an analyst? I, I'm shocked that he's willing to say that. I think mm-hmm. it's incredibly smart and just a great tactic as an offensive play caller. You should be doing that. Take advantage mm-hmm. of those edge cages, like of advantages when you can, because we know that DPI happens a bunch. Yeah. Especially like if it was me, I would specifically design a play for that underthrown DPI that gets called all the time. Every fucking time. I now, would design the that for like instead of a Hail Mary. That's, I feel like the probability of that getting that DPI is more common than the Hail Mary completion. Well, and I was actually going to bring that up is. They always do the Hail Mary, and they normally let those guys play it out. Yeah. They let it play it out and see what happens. It makes more sense to try to do the deep ball two plays before you have to do a Hail Mary. Because you'll more than likely get the flag as you as opposed to the Hail Mary when you most certainly will not get it. Yeah, that's true. On the Hail Mary, or if like once time runs out, they usually aren't going to throw that like untimed play flag. Unless exactly. it's egregious. Like, it would have to be bad. But we've yeah, also gotta seen be real some guys like basically get tackled and no call. Yeah. So yeah, it's gotta be right. It's gotta be like a couple plays before do the underthrown DPI. You're probably good to go. You're going to get it. Yeah. If it's me and you're in that 22nd window, that's what I'm calling it. Oh, definitely. I don't understand why more teams aren't doing it. We've talked about it too. Like off podcast, line up three guys and then put your best receiver 
man to man, hopefully on somebody on the other side and just yep. take that guy deep, scare the shit yep. out of that guy and then underthrow it. And, and especially if your receiver knows it's going to happen, he's going to go back for the ball and the other guy's exactly. Gonna be, oh fuck. I thought there was going to be a deep pass and then boom flag. So the other side of the coin, unfortunately is when you don't get the call, you see what happens. Jordan love makes a big play. They win the game. And then of course, uh, Philadelphia fans are going crazy because why are you making this throw? You just got to get in a field goal range. Devonte Adams is open across the shallow. Like I get it, but in the same breath from, from an analyst point of view, it happens all the time. Happens Everybody does it. You're like you said, I'm more shocked that he just said the quiet part out loud. Yeah, exactly. Like to say it because now all of a sudden the like NFL rules committee is going to be like, Oh, we got to look at this. Yeah, we have to do something about that. We can't have our coaches openly saying they're trying to draw a flag. Exactly. Exactly. You, hell, you're already on the NFL's radar with the tush push. Like they're ready to outlaw that shit. And then you come out and you give them something else to look at on your team. Like, no. As much as I hate Nick Sirianni as the oh, so fucking like much. a douchebag. So fucking much. I do love that he's willing to push like take the advantages and just try to go nuts with them. Cause we've talked yeah. about it for years that fourth and one should be a QB sneak. If it's fourth oh, and one or less yes. automatic yes. QB sneak. I don't really even give a fuck where you're at on the field. It's like a 75% even with a traditional QB sneak 75% exactly. chance to keep your drive going and try to score points. Fourth and one or less. There should never be a reason that you go up, play, run a play out of shotgun. Ever. No, QB sneak it, especially if you can get there. Like if there was a nickel or some sort of sub package where they're light, don't even let them substitute. Just line oh, everyone yeah. up real quick and do it. When they're all kind of like, wait, what the fuck? We thought they're going to punt. No, stop yep. letting these teams also on third and long let you get to fourth and one because they're like, oh, it's punt time. Yeah, we just gave up a ton of yards. No, punish them for that shit. Like why yep. aren't more teams doing that like the Eagles are? They can be playing on third and 10. Not for first down, but for fourth and two. Exactly. It totally changes everything because those teams play zone and they'll give up eight or nine yards because they think you're going to punt on first on fourth and one. More teams well, should be doing that and more teams should be playing for flags and stuff. Take advantage when you can. As a fan of the game, I hate that. But as an analyst and you want to take advantage of every loophole you can, you can't hate it. That's how you get. That's how you win. NFL's hard. It's a game of slight edges over people, slight advantages a yeah. lot of times. Uh, if you don't have, or if, even if you do have the elite quarterback, if you both have elite quarterbacks, where else are you going to find advantages? It's true. It's true, Matt. That's one big way to do it. I, it drives me nuts that other teams aren't. <laughs> of course, once everyone's doing it, then it's going to change, and then it becomes a meta thing. You have to be one step ahead of everyone else. That's hard to do. I get that. And if you're the first one doing it and you do it poorly, you might get fired. But if you can do it well, you get a Super Bowl. I legitimately, I believe that the Eagles rode that tush push brotherly shove play to the Super Bowl last year. It's like, won them quite a few games this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I don't have any other headlines. Did you have any before we go into this week's matchups? I mean, there's so many things to talk about. We hit the big ones. We've already talked about the Brandon Staley firing. I think we're good to go on to next week. All right, then, Matt. We've got some marquee matchups coming up this uh, this coming week. Christmas. We've gonna, we're going to have three games on Christmas Day. I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, a Christmas triple header. I'm really excited for those games. So I want to kind of start there. All right. Let's get into it. All right. So I think this is an interesting matchup because it is a divisional matchup. That's going to be the Monday, uh, the Monday afternoon game between the New York Giants and the Eagles. Okay. I know. I think I, it's a divisional matchup. And I know what we'll you say see. about it. Ooh, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know if I can trust the Giants in the link to deliver a W over the Eagles. I don't know. I'm so, going yeah. to hear your thoughts. I'm going to wait a second. Okay. So I would have to actually agree with you. I don't think they can steal a win at the link. I think they split the series when they go back in like two weeks. But 
this week, I think the Eagles pull out the win. They try to right the ship or at least silence their critics for another week as they move on to next week to see the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they lost three in a row. It's hard to imagine Phillies lose four in a row to the Giants at home. But now, if that would be like a dude, Christmas miracle or like just the best present of all time. If the Giants can get up to do that, dude, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll go find like one of their charities and donate five bucks. Like Matt, like would, legit, like I'd be stoked. If that happens, all we got to do is look to the north and we'll be able to see Philadelphia on fire. <laughs> <laughs> we will see the entire city on fire from our living rooms. And New York is just getting plastered. Woo, like, man. All those. Yeah. It would be great. Like if they want to have much they win by, I will donate money to a Giants charity sort of a thing. Like how Buffalo likes to do and stuff. Oh, I like that. I hope they win by a thousand w. points. I thousand that. points. <laughs> that would be amazing. I can't predict that in good conscience, but I'll hope for it real hard. But all right, okay. So we're both going Eagles. It's gonna be. Now I thought you were gonna bring up the one o'clock game when you said division rivals, because this one, this one I think is a little bit more interesting than maybe at first glance. Chiefs Raiders. Chiefs are kind of slipping lately. Raiders kind of definitely been been better with Pierce, just like we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can they get go to Arrowhead? And beat and steal one from the Chiefs. Can they beat their upset their rivals? I think it's going to depend on one thing and one thing only: is Kadarius Tony in your starting lineup? <laughs> if Kadarius Tony's in the starting lineup, there's a chance they can win. God, as a, a four, as a you know, just we talked about a Florida fan. I wish Tony was better, but that dude is not good. He isn't. Apparently, his hands are awful. The Giants fleeced the Chiefs. <laughs> in that trade because nobody should have Tony on their team. He's cost them several wins. Dude, legit. I uh, I was watching, you ever seen that show on A&E, The First 48? I have not seen that one. Okay, so it's like essentially where they're trying to hunt down a murderer. <laughs> okay. A murderer. Okay? At one point, they had like a lineup of suspects and one of the suspects was actually Kadarius Tony's hands. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> They were that suspect. <laughs> the victim was the Chiefs season. Yes, 100%. That, I mean, it feels like the Chiefs are kind of unraveling, right? Because Mahomes is not used to this much adversity. Not exactly. everybody on the Chiefs are. Exactly. Like we They've been accustomed to winning. Yeah, they have not had to have this happen. Like if they lost before, it was at least on the defense and it wasn't the offense that was falling apart. And like Mahomes... It's, he's still playing really good. Like, don't oh, get me absolutely. wrong. I think some absolutely. people are dumb being like, is Mahomes that good or not? He just can't put up the numbers because his receivers literally aren't catching the ball. Yeah. If there was a way for him to throw and catch the ball, we would be talking about the Chiefs in a different way. They would be, again, another 13-win so, team, blah, 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 blah. But that just don't happen. And what, they've... The only thing that's been good is Rashid Rice has really come on strong lately. He has. He is finally kind of living up to the hope. I but still don't know if that's pro- enough, though. I'm going to give it exactly. to the Raiders. I'm going to give it to them. They're going to deliver some insane Christmas win. Chiefs Matt. are going. They're going to be the ones burning shit down. Chiefs fans Matt. are going to go nuts. It's going to happen. Okay. I think you might actually be uh, <laughs> maybe downplaying it because if the Raiders pull this off, Raiders fans might kill somebody. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> Out of pure excitement, someone will die. The Las Vegas prostitutes need to get ready. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> They're going to want to like get to Costco, get that family-sized tub of Astroglide because people are fucking. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. <laughs> Woo, man. All right. Well, then, if you're going to go with the Raiders, I, I, in good conscience, I can't do it. I got to go with the Chiefs. Got to go with the Chiefs. I know it. Strange, like I know it's it seems nuts, but the Chiefs, uh, the Raiders, I'm I'm sticking by. I feel good on that one. Okay, all right. So the game I'm the other game I have looked at here is a team. It's a game between two teams who are 100 in the hunt in the AFC for wild card spot, okay. and that's going to be the Browns versus the Texans. I think C.J. Stroud is still out. 
It's going to be Case Keenum starting. Case Keenum against Joe Flacco. Who you got? I think it's more the Case Keenum versus the Browns defense. I do yes. not like that at all. <laughs> yeah, that does not bode well. Plus, they keep having injuries at receiver. Unfortunately, yeah. as much as I wanted to back the tight the Texans, they were kind of the oh, Cinderella story this year. I was more than happy to be like, oh, they're great. I think the injuries are just going to be way too much. I have to, I have to go Browns on this one. Agreed. Uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's going to be enough talent on the offensive side of the ball for the Texans to go up against that defense. I I just think they're going to be overmatched and it's going to be bad for them. So it's unfortunate. I see the Browns. Yeah, it is. And that was a team that was like really pulling it together. Makes you really excited for them next season. Next season. But they were like they were going and then they're going to sizzle out, it seems like, because of injury. But it, it happens to a lot of teams with injuries. I really, my honestly, my biggest thing is I hope that the injury to CJ Stroud does not affect his rookie of the year because 100% he's the only person in the, in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year. I can't name anybody else. Exactly. It could have been Bijan Robinson. But <laughs> if he was drafted in the third or the fourth, <laughs> I was willing to get used. All right. So we, if we talk about week 16, we have to talk about what could be Super Bowl matchup coming. The number one uh, seeds, Ravens and 49ers, the oh, two best good records, the two, like 11 and three, both of them. Something's got to give. Yeah. Right. It's like two immovable objects, right? Like someone is going to break. Oh, it's going to be a good one. I feel, I feel like this could live up to the billing too. I think it might too. I'm right there with you. Okay. I don't want to answer this one. I, you go ahead. You first. You first. This one's brutal because obviously we talked about 49ers are playing really good. The mm-hmm. Ravens are, I mean, obviously they're playing really well and they've been finding ways not to lose, which is good mm-hmm. for them. And that defense has been like scoring points and special teams. Oh, oh, oh I'm so torn on this one. I'm trying to think for a second. I'm gonna, like the Ravens are playing so good. I'm going to give it to the to the Ravens, actually. I'm going to oh. stick with the AFC team. I can kind of pick okay. it up. I don't okay. know, man. Like, it's a tough one. I could definitely see the 49ers doing it. But I don't know if they've played a t- team with the defense like the Ravens had recently. They have a real good defense. They're playing well. And, and I think, you're, I think that's good. that's the I think that's part of the, the difference, right? I'm with you. I'm going to go with the Ravens, but I think I'm picking the Ravens for, of all reasons, Lamar Jackson. He's been playing good, man. Lamar Jackson is playing very well. I don't think that the the 49ers secondary, outside of their linebackers, their secondary is not equipped to run with these receivers. If Lamar Jackson can buy a little bit of time, they are susceptible to get got. So... I think this is one of those games where it's going to be on Purdy. Purdy's going to have to show everyone that he is the guy that the national media wants us to believe he is. I don't think he's ready for the moment. I think the Ravens steal this one. And then you're talking about then you're talking about 11 and 4 Cowboys hopefully going to 11 and 4 Eagles hopefully going to 11 and 4. NFC gets so fucking oh, good this then, is dude. The real reason why we see it all now. He's just oh, like, it's good because he has this crazy. He has like a ch- chalkboard or a pinup board <laughs> in his home with all the different ways that the Cowboys can sneak back to number one and get that. Buy. Dude, it can get crazy. It it's can like get crazy. the whole. It's always sunny coming <laughs> up with it. Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. Pepe, who's Pepe Sylvia? I've got boxes of Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> That All right, and then the last, and then the last game, last game, Cowboys, Dolphins. Ooh, that's just, another great game. Oof. Just go. Who you got? Cowboys, Dolphins. I'm gonna go Cowboys. Dolphins haven't beaten a quality team. I know they can put up a ton of points. I see the Cowboys bouncing it though. I'm with you. I think the Cowboys win for no reason other than they got just fucking mollywopped, dog walked last week. They can't have that two weeks in a row. So. I think the Cowboys put up a fight. They go into uh, Sun Life Stadium and they steal a win. They're, then the questions about how good the the uh, Dolphins team really are, 
then those questions start getting a little bit louder. I have questions. Like I'm that's why I'm not willing to pick them just yet. Like they can beat the Cowboys. That's different. I need to see it first. Because whenever exactly. they've gone head that like head to head with a quality team, they have not looked anywhere at all the same. Yeah, it has not been nearly as uh as like dominant. Dynamic. Whatever you want to say. Yeah. Absolutely. That was like they even lost to the Titans. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Who loses to the Titans? I mean, plenty of teams do. They're five and nine. So five teams? Like <laughs> Man, I mean, someone does. <laughs> One of those was the Dolphins. So four other teams. Oh my god, that's so good. I love it. That's pretty bad when you lose to them. And you're trying oh. to be like the best of the best in the AFC. Which is wild. It's wild. Guess, I, but. This is going to be another great week of football. I'm so fucking excited, dude. Yeah, coming down to this like last couple of weeks, we're having some really good games. Doesn't always happen that way. I know. Ugh. I love it. I love you, football. Thank you for so, coming back to me. As always, I know we're going to talk about the playoff teams because that's the important one. So if your team is a loser like mine, you don't get to hear about it too much. <laughs> Just bear with us. Now you get to see what else is happening. We will be back next week. If I have to put wit in the chair myself and make him do it, I will. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll be back next week, guys. I cannot wait to keep going on this whole thing. All right. Well, till then, it's been fun. Out. Laters, guys.